hardcore fans, this is what you missed so far. From then until now, and even blasting into the future, the Angel of Thunder. It'll demolish your nerves and boil your blood. Only the strong ones will survive. So all you softies, get out of the way! This Mega Mix monster is gonna burst your eardrums and change your life. The Angel of Thunder is gonna take you back to the primeval birth of hardcore. Back to the days when the newborn hardcore creature oozed out of the slime to terrify your world. Yeah, so we're going to interview Tom from the Raw Nantes Rave podcast. Um, it's uh, another podcast which sort of is targeted towards the same audience as my hardcore and ever die one, um, which is a spoken word podcast. So we're going to ask, we've got Tommy, we're going to ask him a few more questions about uh, about Raw. So, full name, we know Tom. It's Thomas Robert Latcham, if you want Tom to Tom Robert Latcham, yeah. okay. Um, age? Uh, 38, and I'm actually thinner really? than, than I've been in quite some time. Yeah, it's been good to me, the lockdown. I've been, uh, you know, just not eating, basically. It's remarkable how much I used to go to pubs. I think that's what it proves. <laughs> right, okay, 38. Uh, and where are you from, Tom? Uh, North London. From North London. Oh, okay. I, grew up in, I grew up in Shrewsbury. So, uh, the, you know, there, where if London wasn't necessarily a big home of hardcore, I suppose it was a bit, but Shrewsbury really was. I mean, Shrewsbury, it was big, happy hardcore uh, like place big town but what, i left there when i was 14 14 what were the events in shrewsbury back i didn't go i was 14 right. <laughs> what on your radar no 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 i didn't get into it until i was like 17 18 but in london right, okay. but uh yeah my mates were into it in shrewsbury and like they're older sisters and that they're older sisters and brothers but you know you'd always hear of them going to like going down to milton Keynes to the sanctuary or but they used to have like lots of free parties as well in that area because rural and that sort of stuff yeah, okay. Um, favourite tunes? Three favourite tunes? Rave tunes? This is, uh, again, it's, it's hard. Uh, I'd be, I'll, pro- I'll say producers. How does that sound? I like, I really like seduction stuff, like his old stuff. I haven't heard much of his new stuff, and I don't know if I'm going to pay for it uh, right. for the for the Kickstarter, but I like, I like seduction stuff. Um, the Cruise as well, like Lonely yes. by The Cruise. Fantastic, that tune. Like It's one of the most beautiful tunes rave or non-rave that i think i've heard it's got like little techno elements in it as well and that sort of stuff um oh god one more more. (laughs) (laughs) i really should have thought about this uh no i can't think off the top of my head i can't think (laughs) i'll come back to it (laughs) you know i was having a mix last night and i mixed all the tunes that i like i i don't know there's all sorts i want yeah, yeah. On, it, so, uh, favorite rave? Uh, the favorite, best rave I ever went to was Future Vibe, I think. But even though it wasn't, oh, even though vibe. it wasn't, it wasn't very full because there was a there was a train strike. 
So uh, it was like half full, of, and they only did one or two, I think, and then they just canned it. But the production levels were so high, as you wouldn't be surprised to learn by both Future Dance and Viberlight. But I used yeah. to really love the Future Dances, so that was why I liked Future Vibe, and it was just a massive Future Dance. So uh, yeah, was where, where future was dance. where was Future Vibe? Future Vibe was at the Sanctuary. Was it Sanctuary? Uh, right. Yeah, they had one at the Sanctuary, but they used to do them at car. They used to do future dances at Castle Studios, and they- it was when hardcore was really on its ass. And the right. first one they did was 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 tiny, but they grew. And then the fifth one, it was all right. It was decent numbers. And then they moved to Bagley's, so they were obviously doing okay. They moved to Bagley's, and it wasn't quite as good when it was at Bagley's. But uh, great production, top music, because they really did a lot of. Um, they did a lot of freeform stuff, and I was really into sort yeah. of the, that sort of early trance, uh, sort of trancecore, early freeform stuff. Uh, and so they did a lot of that. So I was into that. So what was that? Maybe ninety nine. Hardcore was on its ass. Ninety nine, two thousand, two thousand. Really, yeah. That was when two thousand. Yeah, dance was sort of going. So yeah, what, nine- what a time to get into hardcore when it's on its ass. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, to be honest, you, you you go to these events and you're like, this rave's almost for me. This is great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah but i suppose yeah that's far too salt atmosphere wasn't brilliant right but uh, to be fair that's not true the atmosphere was good and i think the atmosphere was good because it was only hardy people it was only people who really really liked it. really want really wanted to be there yeah yeah and so actually it yeah. was really like it was really sad you know you were these were people who genuinely loved happy hardcore and regardless of what how few people were there they were going to go and have it and so i, I met a really nice like community uh among people so yeah that, that was uh as it it was a weird time to get into hardcore, but there were, there were positives. Yeah, I suppose it only, also, it only got better from 99. And also, yeah, the music was good. Like, the music was crap in 97, 98. Like, I'm sorry about that. It, I'm just, I'm not, the majority of it was rubbish, right? And and I know that people like it, and that's fine, that's cool. But for me, no, no it was too generic. It was too cheesy. It was too, the kicks were all the same. And actually, yeah. when all those people who were making that stuff stopped making it because it wasn't they weren't able to make any money out of it anymore you had the people who were actually really into the music like hb ponder chrissy manic you know people like that raw elements uplift they were making some really really great tunes because they properly cared about it and they weren't doing it for money they did it because that was uh, it was a hobby or their passion you know so there was actually yeah. some really decent tunes being made around then they just didn't get the love that that perhaps they deserved so so when it- Sort of ninety nine two thousand. We started started to get into the early two thousands when um, you had all the Raver Babies, the Quash, the Evolutions, that sort of new school happy hardcore sound. What did you think about that? So it was sort of leaving the the transcore sort of sound behind, but it, it hardcore really blew up again. Yeah, I liked some of it, but I, yeah. felt, I again I felt the problem was that. Um, a bit diplomatic here um it's nobody's fault i don't know i don't think but a lot of the raves well i don't know i'm gonna we're going to explore this whether whose fault it might have been or why this <laughs> happened but actually there was a, a lot of the djs played the same stuff so it was like everyone's playing the raver baby now and there was and then there wasn't that variation anymore and so it's like well like i don't mind some of this stuff and i don't mind it in a set or like a set of it or a, cu- a couple of sets of it but when everyone's sort of doing it mm. it does become a bit predictable and the sound is the same so it's yeah. in a way it had this for me it was the same issue as the 97 98 stuff had it was quite cheesy as well but it it, it was more about it was that generic sort of kick if that makes sense yeah it all went sort of down the same formula didn't it uh um, yeah. to, to being produced I, I think it was i saw a hicks interview and he said 
them early sort of 2000 tracks he made, he wanted to make hardcore sound like um, Digital Punk um, by Ferry Corson, Digital Punk track. Um, and yeah, I suppose so it was sort of was 170 BPM sort of trance building, 64 bar intros. Um, well, it, was in, it was interesting as well when you listen to Force and Styles interview as well. They were trying to make sort of a trancey hardcore, and uh, but they weren't very good at it. <laughs> so as they fully admitted, they were like, we weren't very good at it. There were people making yeah. trance that were much better than us. And actually, in the end, you know, we were trying for the perfect kick, I think they said as well. And you're like, well, I think that was a bit of the problem, really. The, the perfect kick is, for me, the perfect kick is much rawer. So I like, I like mid-90s Gabba, right? Yeah, but yeah. I, I don't like it beyond really that much. Sort of beyond ninety-seven again, ninety-eight. I like. Yeah, I really like that yeah. sort of ninety-four, ninety-five, ninety-six Gabba because it's got that sort of real sort of raw Dis- distorted, yeah, kick, raw yeah. distorted yeah. kick that I felt that became too clean in the mel- towards the millennium. The Scott Brown started dropping it in his sets, and I was like, as soon as he played the Gabba, I was like, mm, nah, yeah. it's not. I don't really like this sort of Gabba, so I'm off to somewhere else. And actually, I think that it's the same thing about movies, right? So. The digitization of our society has been really great in many ways, but also what it, it, unfortunately it's lost that rawness, the creativity. Like so, you know, when people were making it on, you know, like sampling machines and things like that, like really like an old Amiga or whatever, it, you really mm-hmm. had to work the machine to get something out of it. But then it became digitized, and everyone had the same sample packs, and everyone could just make it and on a yeah. computer. And I, and, in, and and I feel that music, like movies, when they've got CGI compared to having to actually create a set, like an amazing set, uh, like Hook, for instance, something like that, you know, mm-hmm. that was real. That was all real. That was all made. That's incredible. Whereas, yeah. you know, you're like, well, that's CGI. That's not real. So it's not as incredible as that. And it's the same thing with music, I think. I find, <laughs> I, I, do, you, do you see my point? Yeah, yeah. I see, I see the similarity between Hook and, um, <laughs> and, and Raver Baby. <laughs> yeah, Hook and Raver Baby. I heard um, the, the Raver Baby full back catalogue. It's not available anywhere. I think was it a hard drive went missing that Ixie had or something. The, Is that whole, right? Yeah, but the whole back catalogue of Raver Baby. It's, you know, if you've got the vinyls, you've got it. You can't get it digitally anywhere, I believe. Is that right? Um, yeah, that's, that's what I heard. There's, there's some rare Raver Babies out there that I was trying to, trying to find digitally, which you, you can't get hold of now. Well, maybe you should get Does Hixie not even have them? I, I heard that he lost the hard drive with all the... So uh, he doesn't even have his own tunes? He'll probably have the vinyls, I assume. <laughs> you, can, you can maybe ask him one day. I'm sure well, he'll maybe, have the vinyls. We'll get him to rip them for you. Yeah, good luck. <laughs> um, so, um, for those that have not heard Raw before or are yeah. new to the Raw podcast, do you want to tell us yeah. a bit more about what Raw is? Well, in a way, I started it in the same way that you started the Hardcore Will Never Die podcast. I was... I wanted to make a documentary because I've been working in newspapers for 15 years and then I worked, I was a radio presenter on Talk Sport and I left there a couple of years ago and I still, I miss broadcasting and I wanted to make a documentary because the one thing I hadn't done and I was looking at doing a rave documentary because I was like, you know what, it feels like there's plenty of stories there that aren't told and then lockdown happened well, just as I was planning to do, uh, you know, sort of start pitching a documentary and uh I was like, well, that's not going to get made, is it, this year? So I may as well can that. But so I spent a lot of time on the internet at the start of lockdown. And again, I noticed lots of Facebook pages, not like you, obviously, because you were before that sort of time, but those are Facebook pages devoted to rave. And then I'd like go to, I'd go to sort of um, research or look into the lives and careers, because this is what I do when I'm a, you know, when you're a journalist, you're sort of interested in people's like 
whatever lives i go to look at like some of the rave artists i'm like there's no interviews like there's nothing absolutely nothing i'm like that's so mad and i was like so i liked really like mcmc for as an example so i was delighted that we got to interview him and if you haven't listened to it you should go because it's a wicked interview he pulls no punches it's fantastic but i really liked mcmc and so i was like googling him and and i knew there used to be an interview <laughs> like there used to be an interview because I've, I've read it in a year's gone by and i looked again and it's, and even that's gone and so i'm like all that is out there from mcmc is two paragraphs on discogs and i'm like <laughs> that is insane he was one of the biggest like uh, you know jungle mcs in the 90s yeah. that is mad yeah. so i was like well you know what why do and and then i looked and i was like again is there a podcast no not that's so mad. Okay. Is, am I just mad? Or am I missing something here? But the answer is no, I wasn't missing something here. And so I thought, you know what? I'm going to start up a podcast. And I got in touch with uh, Chrissy R- Richards, who's Chrissy Manic, and asked her if she'd join because I wanted a female voice on it. And um, then I decided – so then we started it together. And I know they're not with us anymore. We, we, we had some creative differences, so we went our separate ways after about five episodes, um, which was a shame. But, you know, hopefully I don't think that, you know, I, th- I think that it's still the quality is still there. It's just a slightly different vibe. It's me talking, so it's much more sort of conversational and, you know, sort of I can follow up questions in a way that I couldn't before. But, you know, it, she, she bought loads of fun, so it, it was a shame. But um, we went our... Uh, our we went our separate ways and I carried it on. We went all video. So now we're on video. So we're on YouTube. So basically if you want to see the people that you love being interviewed, it's even better. You know, the audio was yeah. good, but the the video has brought it, you know, significantly more interest numbers. Um, and I just think it's, I'm sorry to tell you, Carl, <laughs> for an audio podcast, it does bring, it brings something else to it. I think um, the, edit, yeah, the, edit, the editing is harder. But um, yeah, yeah. but you just have to make sure that you're you've got your flow. And actually, three years presenting overnights on Talk Sport gives you some skills of of, of holding together a, a chat and an interview or whatever. And uh, and so I think that all those things came together. And we've had some great guests. We've had uh, we started Fabian Groovider, Slipmat. We've had Rap. We've had Force and Styles, a rare interview with them, their first in 25 years, uh, I think. Uh, we've had Gary Vibelite's first ever interview, I think, yep. uh, yeah. the promoter of, of, of Vibelite, Gary Jack. Um, what else? MCMC's first interview in seven years, and he talked about you know getting engaged to rap on stage. I don't think he's ever talked about that before. He talked about a, a fallout with Fearless. I don't think he's talked about that before. He talked about going to prison when he was 19, mm. 20. I don't think he's ever talked about that before. Brian G, for instance, we got him to talk about it when he went to prison. Uh, the day before his son was born, uh, his first son was born, he went to prison for two years for robbery. He's never spoken about that before. So we take a journalistic approach to the thing that we love and we yeah. try to get them to really open up and, and tell their story in a non-judgmental, passionate way. We celebrate what, what, what everybody achieved, but we're also not afraid to ask tough questions where tough questions need to be asked. And so all of that means that it's, I don't know, I, f- I think it's, it's all right. And we've been inducted into uh, the British Library, the Sound Archive, yeah. which is fantastic. Um, you know, so all of these, the careers of these amazing artists that we all loved are going to be, even if YouTube yeah. goes down, which it might do at some point and doesn't exist anymore, they're going to be in the British Library forever, and so that's yeah, a really forever, yeah. f- fantastic thing. And and I've got lots of plans for it. I think there's there's plenty we can do with it. 
not necessarily in the old school scene, could be elsewhere, whatever. But it's it's a uh, it. I think it's got a lot of promise to do other things. So uh, yeah, if you haven't checked it out, you should. It's fun. You'll you'll really like it. And I don't talk as much as this. I let other people talk. <laughs> <laughs> do, do you think you've um, sort of capped it by calling it Nancy's? Uh, have I limited it in terms of yes. the numbers or, or, or um, the time? Or the who, time. Who we- who we can interview and well both you're right it is limiting of course it is like you have to be realistic but we created a list before we started of 80 people right so i so i own and that and that was just the obvious people you know that wasn't even you know people that i've sort of thought about in the process of all right yeah no they'll do and you know like for instance scorpio wasn't on the list i don't think uh you know Mm -hmm. he might have been but i don't think he was sorry sorry si uh (laughs) i mean to offend you but i don't think he was you know it was it, it was quite a big list well we only do one interview every fortnight and we do one part that rolls out every for uh every week so uh, it's every friday by the way if you if you don't know us if you've not seen us before uh, and we do sort of like uh one part one week one part the next week but it's only one interview a fortnight for capacity reasons really so really we can only do in a year we can really only do 25 people so if we've got a list of 80 this could go on for a long time. Now, I'm not saying it will, because some have said no already. I won't, I won't say who, right. but some have said, no, I'm not going to do it. It's not for me. Thank you very much. And you've got to respect that. So you're not yeah. going to get everybody. Um, but um, there's, there is plenty of scope and, you know, you could go for, for some time. Um, I mean, the big get, the big desire would be like Carl Cox. He would be, oh, yeah. uh, we're working on, you know, we're working on Carl. We're hoping we're going to get Carl. Um, which, is not, which would be Nantes, obviously, you know. You're very much so. Hard call onto in the nineties, uh, of course. And he left, famously left, and went to techno, and has yeah. been. I heard he's done quite well since then. So uh, you yeah, know, it'd be, fa- it'd be fascinating to discuss why he decided to do that. He's one of the yeah. aims. LTJ Bookham's a big aim. Uh, yeah. Liam How- Liam Howlett a big aim. But we've got big aims, and and you know, I'm the sort of person that that tries not to stop until he hits those aims. So so we, we we'll see. But I think there's a there's a scope for doing other stuff like uh, other other genres of music and things like that because yeah. there is a because there is a cap on old school in terms of numbers. So if you look at, uh, I mean, this is a bit techie and boring, but if you look at like Mickey Beam's website, you know, I don't know if anyone likes Mickey Beam's, ch- like he puts like loads of old school tunes up. He's got 45,000 followers. The Hell Skelter organization has got 25,000. So that sort of gives you an idea about the potential upper limit. So, yeah. you know, there, there is one, of course there is. So, but you know what, it's, it's not, not really why I did it. <laughs> I mean, if I was doing it for numbers, I wouldn't have done old school rave music, would I? <laughs> no, but you, you say you started going raving, um, sort of the, around the year 2000. Is yeah. there not people who you saw DJing and running events and emceeing in the 2000s that you'd like to? I only interview? really went for about four years, mate. Like, like yeah. I go, I still go now. I go to like old school events now, yeah. but I really only went to UK hardcore events for about three, four years. So it really is slamming vinyl, um, future dance. Yeah. And yeah, I would like to interview Future Dance, but I could interview John Chaos instead. You know, he's been around since the 90s. So so, so just because they most people didn't come up in 2000 and didn't exist before the 90s. So yeah, yeah, get, yeah. You know, that most people have got a link. I mean, it, almost everyone has got a link to the 90s. You know, anyone we have on Raw, they might not have been around in the 90s. We have Watsy on. He, mm-hmm. he wasn't there. He came around in 2000, but he emceed with all, at the, all the big events of the 90s and with a lot of the MCs and DJs that we of the 90s. So we talked to him about that, you know? So that everyone has a link in some way. Um, but in terms of upfronty stuff... Upfronty stuff from 20 years ago. Well, yeah, indeed. Yeah, the upfront yeah. stuff. 
What's, that? What's, what's that called? Like medium old school or something like that? What do you call <laughs> yeah. that? Yeah, yeah, middle, middle school, <laughs> new old school. Um, I like I like the way you've you have transitioned from audio to video because I'll see the the latest episode drop on on. Um, Spotify, something like that on, on social media. And I used to listen to it straight away, you know, driving around. Um, but now I'll wait till I get home <laughs> and, and I've had a drink and I can sit and watch it on, on YouTube. It, it's nice. You know, you're sort of meeting your heroes, aren't you? It's, it's, yeah. it's well, a lot better on, on the video. There is, I, I think that, you know, some people like to listen to them and they're driving. So it's been interesting. Our numbers have significantly dropped off on audio we still do audio, an, audio, yeah. an audio version but our numbers have dropped off on the audio and and there's a reason for that of course isn't there it's it's because you know if you can look at something it's always much more fun but there are some people who will like to listen to it when they're at work or whatever yeah. you know or when they're driving yeah. around in their car so like we get hardly any numbers on soundcloud right but i didn't put one up on soundcloud the other day because it was a bit rubbish quality sound wise and uh, someone messaged me to say uh, excuse me you've missed that an episode on soundcloud i was like oh, well no didn't i deliberately didn't do it and he's like well because i i listen to soundcloud when i'm driving i'm like that's yeah. quite annoying really because we only get about 100 <laughs> listens on soundcloud but there are 100 people who do like listening to it on soundcloud so you're like well you know i want them to be able to listen to it as well <laughs> so it, yeah. that, that cost me like a tenner a month a handful of listeners but anyway you know whatever if people like to listen to it that way then that's fine <laughs> um who have you been most starstruck over interviewing from from through the podcast or nervous about interviewing no one no <laughs> one. i know that's a terrible answer but the thing is mate i've, I've worked in national newspapers 15 years you know, I've I've interviewed J Jose Mourinho. I've in, I've interviewed okay. you know the Prime Minister. Um, so I, I th what that, that that's not to say that these people aren't important. But what the reason the reason I don't get starstruck is because I I see them as people, right? You know, it's like they are people to be interviewed, and they have they have great successes of which I'm really interested in finding out about. But they are just people. They're just people who excelled in in a, in, a, in an area that we're all into, you know. But I, I like interviewing anybody. Yeah, you know, that's 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 the beauty of being a journalist is just interviewing people and talking to people and finding out their story. And we applied for the British uh, Podcast Awards, and one of my uh, entries, which we probably will win none of, obviously, but one of them is for best interview. And as I say in it, it doesn't matter who you're interviewing. They can be like the most famous celebrity in the world, or they can be just some person you know that you meet on the street everyone's got an interesting story everyone it's just about how you find it it's about sort of doing your research it's about asking clever questions it's about following up when people say certain things and getting to the root of stuff and it, it, so in that sense it's sort of you could be interviewing anybody like it's just about learning their story you know and that's what i try to bring to the podcast Yep. So, so all, all these people who may be watching this back who you've interviewed are sat there thinking, oh, I hope he saves me. If they are saying, if they are listening and thinking that, I loved interviewing you all. That's what I'll say. But, and, but, but, but I feel the same whoever I interview, uh, whoever it might oh. be. Okay. Um, other than rave music, what else do you listen to? What floats your boat? Uh, I like uh, Midnight's indie music, of course. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, my Blue Tones was my first concert, and I still uh, – and wonderfully now, I know the lead singer from the Blue Tones as a sort of friend, which is, like, wicked. Like, my first – the guy that I went to my first gig, I sort of, I sort of know him through friends, which is wicked. Uh, Stone Roses um, and, like, more stuff like nowadays, like – 
future islands and things like that but i like hip-hop as well like the wu-tang clan man like basically i i love the wu-tang clan because they like night force records they they were all they were really into stylistic cool uh diy if it if it works rip it up and do it again you know do it do something different that sort of approach to stuff and they have you know the wu-tang approached it with like you know right we're going to be sort of shaolin you know we're going to do the sort of shaolin stuff we're going to have that iconography of the bees and like that big yellow you know the big yellow w and i just i was sort of inspired by that and so what i've tried to do with raw is to is to create a bit i'm not saying we're good we're like the wu-tang cloud by the way but like i've tried to make it sort of pop you know like all the colors and bright and sort of stylistic and the, and the logo like i try i deliberately tried to make it sort of quite sort of i don't know sort of pop poppy culture and and but rave you know like it's old school yeah. rave and it's yeah. that same sort of thing and i sort of feel like We've got, there's a team of four of us that spend about 60 hours a week on this thing, man. Unpaid. No one takes a penny. Like I, every now and again, I give my, uh, from the crowdfund, you know, I give them a, a little hundred quid here and there, whatever, just to say, thanks guys. I've taken no money from this, but, but it washes its own face now, which is great. Yeah. But, but it's, uh, you know, it's, it, it's, it's, a, it's a real heavy undertaking, but it's, it, it's so, it's, it's so worth it. You know, it's, it's like to bring people, out there these interviews and uh you know pull back the curtain behind the, the world that we all just danced around had no idea went on it, it's it's a real privilege man it's really fun and it's a real privilege yeah it, it's one of those those podcasts that came out and it my reaction was why didn't i think of that it's just it's just such a perfect idea everyone wants to hear about it was into rave wants to hear the stories from the djs because back then they want social media. You didn't know what half the DJs looked like. I think it, it was years went by before I realised DJ rap was a was a female. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. back then you, you you just didn't know. You relied on sort of mix mag. Um, yeah, yeah, things. yeah, yeah. Um, how long's we all been going for now? Uh, seven months, as we speak. Seven, seven or eight months. Yeah. How how many episodes are we up to? Twenty. Eight, twenty eight, twenty nine. Yeah. So uh, I don't know when this is coming out, but we've got uh, coming up. We've got Stu Allen. Um, yeah. We've got Hixie, uh, who will be wicked. That'll be a really good one. Definitely. Looking forward, yeah. looking forward to that. Um, and yeah, uh, uh, potentially a couple more that I can't really say. But if they come off, they'll be like really good. And as I say, you know, working towards getting Cole Cox would be the brilliant one as well. We're also doing other stuff like. We've we've just filmed a, a lost rave venues mini documentary yeah. about about yeah. Stearns. I don't know when that will come out either, but it's it's just trying something different because those sort of history docs people really love them on the internet, like on YouTube. They really get into those sort of like the history of the tube and shit. You're like, why are you why? Are you? But they got like two hundred thousand views, and you're like, well, people really love that history stuff. So mm-hmm. we thought, well, let's do history of rave venues. So we've gone and we filmed that, and we've we've just done one a pilot. We'll see how that goes, and then you know, yeah. Yeah, back then, when, I think when people made tunes back then, there was there was a real analogue feel and you had to hire a studio or a bedroom to, to making it. Now you yeah, just yeah. fire a pebble and dirty on you. There's no real story to tell about where that sample came from or how you made that tune. Know, but, it's but true. back then, there was a story to tell, definitely. Yeah, yeah. and there's, there's such a rich history in the rave scene. It really is. And it's, yeah. and, it's, and it's largely unexplored. And so that's what makes this, I think, such a like a rich vein of, of, of podcasts, you know, and it's the same with you, man, you know, like this, you must be discovering all the time, like tunes that you didn't know from the nineties, like an yeah, old B side and all that. Yeah, exactly, man. So it's, yeah. it's, you're, you're helping to, you know, you too, like your podcast, like ours is helping to explore a largely still unexplored 
yeah. you know, scene really. It's great, man. It, it had so much to offer, didn't it? The nineties. There was. It wasn't long enough. Is what I say. The nineties weren't long enough. We weren't done with it. <laughs> right. Um, are you, are you looking forward to going back on the road and, and meeting all these these the people who interview face to face? Or to be honest, making... it's a bit of a ball ache. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So getting together, uh, who all live in different parts of the country, and a rave DJ who is uh, off, who, uh, and they're often you know busy people or unreliable or whatever, and getting f- all those people in this room together, filming it, and then the edits really heavy as well. So it's kind of been good being in lockdown so we've only been able to do this but, but and, and actually the numbers have been fine i think people yeah. really just like content you know they like good content you know and and it's sort of it's nice when you go to do to do it face to face it feels more special and it's and it, it, you know it feels it is it is great to meet them as well you know rather than just be down the line it, it, and it does make a difference in terms of your rapport but i think that the ultimate thing is are you seeing interesting interviews with with interesting people that you're interested in? Yes, you are. It doesn't really matter how, in what form that's done, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm just looking again. I'm just I'm looking forward to going to a rave. Like, I'm looking yeah. forward. To, uh, so I've I've already bought tickets to uh, Ollie Thumper's Chapel of Chapel Chaos. Chapel of Chaos. Yeah, and that, I've that, bought... that falls on my 40th birthday. I really want to go, but I think I'm going to be hopefully abroad doing something ah, abroad. But right. I would really, really I mean, like to, like to honest, go to that. No offence, Ollie, but uh, if given the choice, I also would prefer to go abroad. But uh, the, uh, uh, indeed, uh, but also, yeah. I'm, uh, I think I'm going to go to Return to Source as well, which is Ollie's other one, which is a sort of mixed right. arena, ninety-one to ninety-nine rave event, all in one room, all different styles of music between ninety-one and ninety-nine. Um, some really good acts as well, like Fallouts playing. So I'm really looking forward to seeing her. So, I, like, I've got a couple of trips to Birmingham to come. So, yeah, I can't. I, I just hope they happen. Well, that's all. Yeah. Are you, are you going to get Ollie on for a chat? Have some uh, interesting had, stories I, I, to tell. I, I've had him on a little bit uh, early on in uh, one of the episodes. We had a, a debate on, but um, yeah, he's a he's he's a good lad. He has got plenty to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, his character into top block. Uh, wh- where can people find Raw? I mean, uh, we so we're on YouTube. Raw. Just search for Raw the Nineties Rave Podcast. Uh, we're also on like or. Uh, on Spotify and iTunes, uh, Raw the Night is Ray podcast, but YouTube is where you'll find all of our best stuff, really. Uh, yeah, so, yeah. Definitely. Yeah, well, we was having a chat before about our favourite sort of early 90s, 93 um, tunes, and I've put a, a mix together which will be available on your podcast and my podcast. Yes. Sort of my favourite 93 well, tunes, your favourite 93 well, tunes. Okay, right. So earlier on, I couldn't remember any names of tunes. Do you want to just say what the tunes were that I said? <laughs> one of them was the S- one of them was the a uh, the b side to smd1 yeah it was yeah yeah it was so they, so so smd1 side two and there was one on impact records i can't remember that it was b side i can't remember the name of that could you? No. It was on impact. Um, and there was Twister by Seduction. Hey, yes, Twister, yes. There you there go. We go. I see, there, there we go. go. Right. We, got, we, we got there eventually. God, that was embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, cool. Well, thank you very much, mate. I appreciate yeah. it. And uh, I'm going to I'm gonna be checking out the Hardcore Never Die podcast and everyone else who's listening to this should, man, because uh, it's great stuff. And well done for, for giving so many like new producers some, like, some talent, to sh- some chance to shine, mate. It's brilliant. Yeah, yeah, you too. Keep up a good work, mate. Top podcast, highly recommended. Look forward to the future ones. See you, buddy. Your name's not down, you're not coming in.
busy on a tempo.
these people want to get high. Real high and real fast. Times like these people want to get high. Real high and real fast. Real high.
Hello, welcome to More Raw. It's a little bit of extra content for you because here at Raw, we're all about trying to share the love and letting you know about some of the cool things that are going on rave-related out there. And there is one podcast about hardcore, which has been going for an incredible 11 years, making it the longest-running, if not the best... <laughs> hardcore podcast out there uh, it is the hardcore will never die podcast and its host col easy seat joins us now hello mate how you doing yeah i'm all right mate you're good yeah good thank you very much uh thank you oh, your squeaky chair uh thanks for joining us appreciate it by the way he uh, colin sent me some lovely stickers recently <laughs> so if uh, anybody is um uh, watching this on video you'll see his stickers of his hardcore will never die and and also what you don't know cole is that i've just been sending out a load of stuff for our competition that we won and not only did they win the stuff they also got a nice yeah, hardcore yeah, yeah, yeah. never die sticker so we're sharing the love in, uh, to all of our fans in in many different ways so there you go. well thank you very much for those stickers i appreciate it how are you yeah, I'm well, mate. Thanks. Yeah, not um, getting a bit bit fat and a bit hairy due to uh, the current situation. No gyms, no or hairdressers, age. or age. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it happens to us all, mate. We all get fat and hairy one day eventually. Uh, yeah, I'm fighting it. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's a boring time, isn't it, mate? How are you coping with it all? Yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. I'm um, sort of a key worker through my through the real world of work, so I just sort of you know work straight through. Um, no problems. Good stuff. Yeah, but I mean, I. More, more about the social side of it really i was asking you know is it are you struggling are you, uh, you, yeah. you, DJ, you dj as well of course so it's it yeah. probably impacts upon all that sort of stuff mate i just miss going for a pan do you know what i mean yeah. it's, it's so bad in it just just going and sit in the local pub chewing the fat having a few drinks um it's hard in it i suppose but it's it's been so long it's become normal now hasn't it which is um a couple more months of them will be there. <laughs> yeah, we'll, well but we're, we're recording this in March. I don't know when it's going to yeah. go out, but recording this in March. So uh, by the time this goes out, you never know. We could we'll, all be, we'll be we, <laughs> we might have forgotten what coronavirus is altogether. Um, right. So I'm going to do a little quick fire thing for you just to sort of get to know you. And then we'll ask you a bit about the podcast and, and, and why people should go and check you out. It's the Hardcore Will Never Die podcast. But in terms of you, I'm assuming your name's Cole because your name's Colin, uh, DJ Cole Easy C. I mean, I'm assuming it's Colin, but what's your full name? Colin Cooper. Colin Cooper. Okay. How old are you, yeah. Cole? 39. Okay. Looking good so on it. Right right side of 40. Just about. Just about. Uh, look, looking good on it. But, but if I may say, a little bit fatter and a little bit hairier than you used to. Um, <laughs> yeah. And where are you from, mate? Uh, I'm from Hull. Okay. And how did you get into raving? Um, I got into raving when I was 15 year old um, through Pirate Radio. Sort of local Pirate Radio in about 95 um and it was sort of predominantly Eurocore and happy hardcore um it was played late on a night and that sort of got my attention like sort of the age of 15 so i was writing to the music before i could actually get into the raves uh right. although that never stopped people generally no 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 i think I, yeah i'll have been 16 i think 17 when i was going out raving um, what was your but, first rave uh just some local stuff it will have been a night called fresh in hull um and a mutual friend of ours dj pursuit yep um Hot man he, made our made one of our theme tunes yeah 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 he, he lives up the road from me um i used to live up the road from me so like a lifelong friend um he he was djing at these events and on the power radio and all, all that kind of thing so he was a bit of a few years older than me a bit of a you know someone to look up to an inspiration a face in the scene yeah 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 he's a good lad <laughs> Uh, and so, what? When did you, did you, would you start going after that to more bigger events uh, over the time? Yeah, yeah. Um, sort of 
the people I was sort of hanging around with at sort of like 16, 17, 18 were a bit older than me. And it was the the sort of bear for the super club. You know, your, your gate crasher, God's Kitchen, Sun Essentials. Um, and they used to drag me to them. So it was sort of full on trance, full on hard house. Um, and sort of raving and happy hardcore was sort of like my dirty little secret <laughs> that, that I didn't have anyone to really go to the events with. I went, went, went to a few, but it was, uh, in the early days, it was mainly the, the big super clubs like, you know, Gatecrasher in Sheffield, yeah. uh, Cobb's yeah. Kitchen, Birmingham on it, um, sort of travelling around the country to those kind of festivals and events, which were were massive, weren't they? I mean, trance and the Midlands in the UK, it was the centre of the wealth for trance back in the late 90s. Mm. So it was a big, big eye-opener from going to the, the local pubs in the town to go to these full-on, you know, raves and events yeah. around the country. It was good fun. So why hardcore, though? Um, why I don't know. It's just because it, it sounds like you happy. were going. It sounds like you were going to trance events, but uh, you now do yeah, a hardcore podcast. The, the people that I was those sort of friends with, they they full on got the full subclub trance bug. So they went to, to all them. There's just something about happy hardcore, isn't there? It's, um, it's fun. It makes you feel happy. It's f- fundamentally fun, happy music. Do you know what I mean? It doesn't take itself too seriously. Um, so I don't know. There's something, something um, touched me with happy hardcore. I think it's the, the lyrics, the the wonderlands, the fairy tales. It's just who gives a fuck it? It's just happy music. There's something. Yeah. It was faster as well. You know, harder the better kind of thing. Yeah. And uh, what are your favourite sort of tunes over the years? Like, if you could name a couple. Uh, uh, that's hard from someone who does a, a podcast every week for the past eleven <laughs> years. Bang it up. Um, Favourite tracks from when I first got into it, sort of that Eurocore sound, where Axis, So In Love, um, sort, of about, sort of like a, well, yeah, complete Eurocore sounding track. Timo Mass, Final Excess, um, and, 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 and Party Animals, Used and Abused, okay. a bit more banging. Um, and what Scorpio were you, playing that. What were your sort of favourite DJs then? If uh, I mean, there's a slight range of music there, but what were your favourite sort of... <laughs> Uh, back, back then it had been Scott Brown and he probably still is Scott Brown for our cause to be honest he's such an all-rounder um, yeah. and the say never meet your heroes and I've played on lineups with Scott Brown a few times and he's a top top geezer I played in Glasgow with him a few years ago on the same lineup. and me and the MC that I was with pulled up to the hotel sort of late afternoon and Scott Brown's walking into the hotel in Glasgow for, for this event looking like um, someone out of Highlander you know he's Big bloke, big flowing hair, big shirts on. Um, and um, the, the kid that was with the MC that was with knew him. Um, so we sort of hooked up and Scott took us round Glasgow drinking with him and his mates because he's from Glasgow. Um, and when he's up there, he goes and sees his family, his brother, some of his mates kind of thing. And he took us drinking before the event around Glasgow. So I thought I could drink. It. But you go drinking around the back streets, the back street boozers with Scott Brown. <laughs> He'll teach you a thing or two about drinking. Wow! So yeah, love Scott Brown. Yeah, yeah, it was good, man. I, I love the, the fact the- that he he looks like you know if you were going to sort of design a uh, a stereotypical happy hardcore DJ. Yeah, <laughs> he, he it's him basically. But then you could say that about them all back in the nineties. Like it was like. Are you doing this deliberately? Like with your long hair, your ponytails, and yeah, your earrings? Yeah. Uh, it was the caricatures, wasn't it? That sort of yeah. this sort of um, yeah. made of them all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what were your favourite MCs? 
Um, favorite MCs. Um, I'm going to say Three Style, who was a big MC sort of up north, who came to be my MC. Um, playing on the country with him. But, so um, you really, from, you've got to say that, really, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. If I'm even, saying even someone if, else, even if you think he's shit, like you've got to say it, really, haven't you? No, no, he's spot on his shit. He's spot on his shit. <laughs> if I'm saying someone else, I'd say Nats. Okay. So, so you've got you like the Northern Style ones. Yeah, yeah, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. It's just sort of what you grow up with, isn't it? And sort of the events that you go to. Um, the sort of play all, all around Yorkshire, Lincolnshire, sort of down south a little bit. Um, yeah, but you see, the ones I grew up with, I don't really like that much now. I'm not going to name them. Do you know? Uh, not really. <laughs> like, I, think, <laughs> I think the sort of thing, I, I'm, I'm much, I don't know, the older I get, the more I'm just into the music. And so I want an MC that's just going to compliment the music. And for me, that is someone Ribs. like Ribs. Yeah, exactly. completely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Someone who sort of lets the music breathe and, and yeah. just pipes you up. The lyrics, not really quite my bag anymore. Whereas once upon a time, I would have been much more into that. Yeah, yeah, these, these MCs out there, aren't they, which are just all about the lyrics, constantly, yeah. constantly, constantly. Yeah, I know, yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and what was your favourite rave? Vibalite. Definitely. So you, you do enjoy the Gary Jack. Uh, yeah, Gary that, Jack that, that was fun. Everything he said about looking after the ravers, putting on a show. Um, it, yeah, it, it stood out. It's you know there was all great raves sort of back in the day, but that just sort of stood out for me. He really looked looked after the ravers. All the merchandise stalls when you're walking out. Um, like I say, you used to have tapes ready for you to buy that you just sort of listen to. Um, the production he put on, it was just like, God, that must have cost thousands. And what's the point? Just little details that just made the whole thing. So definitely yeah. viable, like, yeah. Okay. Uh, and, uh, I mean, you're quite clearly hardcore until you die by the looks of it. So tell us about the Hardcore Will Never Die podcast. Um, so Hardcore Will Never Die, um, it is two-hour podcast every week it goes out live on eruption radio uh which are online and on a uh, dab um and we sort of explore 30 years of uk hardcore happy hardcore rave breaks um there's there's features in there so it's not just me mixing for two hours there's a record of the week um we do a three in a row feature where we choose three records from a particular particular dj producer or record label and we, we mix up them three records we have a power mix where we put we do a 30 minute power mix where we put two years up side by side on facebook and twitter for like a democratic web vote and whichever wins that vote we do a 30 minute mix in that year um and then there's a 30 minute guest mix on the end which is usually an upfront guest mix from a you know current producer of happy hardcore or rape breaks um so yeah, <laughs> that's what we do every, every it's week. Very, it's very musical based, really, and uh, and and if people yeah. sort of want to know about, so, so we've just launched this. Well, we've launched Tune Tuesdays, where we're sort of giving a bit of love to some of the uh, the new young producers who are creating some some new stuff. But that's just one tune a week, uh, whereas you're doing it quite a lot, aren't you? And so, if people want to listen to find out what is being made now that's new, it's not just like UK upfront hardcore, is it? It's a whole range of stuff. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, sort of Japanese hardcore on there, um, some Italian stuff. Um, so the, the first hour is really looking at new stuff that's come out that week, um, and then we'll do like a classics power mix, and you know, three in a row is usually something from the nineties or something like that. So there's good, there's a good mixture of what's happening now and you know a, a nostalgic nod to the past as well yeah well, I mean, as as all good podcasts should have right um and uh, <laughs> i mean i know you've been going for 11 years but why yeah. did you decide to start it in the first place um I, I remember just being sat there one time on itunes on my phone and i thought right happy hardcore it's my dirty little secret 
let's listen to some podcasts, you know what I mean? People look for the dirty little secrets on the phone at night. I was looking for happy hardcore. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there was fuck all there. There was nothing there. This is 11 years ago. Um, I know iTunes and podcasts have blown up everywhere now, but th- there was nothing there. I thought all the big jocks had have podcasts on there, and and there was just there was just nothing. So I just uh, decided to, to start it, which was quite difficult back then. Um, mm. You use sort of websites now pod site hosting companies which will do a lot of it for you but back then there was a lot of submitting to itunes and dealing with your own rss feed and meeting certain criteria and i know it took remember that there was weeks where i was just checking my phone constantly to see when it was going to be listed and it finally got listed in there I mean, I will say that it's not that much easier these days. It's the right fucking faff to get yeah. on uh, to get on in yeah. the first place. But once you're up, it's much more straightforward. Did you have any idea that you'd be going eleven years later? No, no, uh, <laughs> I never really thought that far ahead. I don't think when I first started, it was um, it was just me mixing for for an hour or two hours, um, and it was monthly. I started it monthly. Um, well, that would have been quite novel, probably, because I mean, recently we've uh, <laughs> you can't move par- through Facebook without seeing some shithead doing some crap, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. some crap yeah. quality uh, stream. So uh, this would have been quite novel back in uh, what two thousand and nine. Yeah, that's when it'd have been. Yeah, two thousand nine. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It was good. I mean, I, I, we did it monthly because I think there was restrictions with the hosting back then that it wasn't just unlimited content kind of bandwidth but but then it was you had like a monthly growth so i think that's why i started it monthly and i only had so many records so if i do this every week so i mean you could be playing the same records over and over again because it was just about anthem bashing so when i started for the first 100 episodes it was just anthem bashing that is happy hardcore really but right. back then and and, uh, and what was the what was the reaction to it on, in the early day did, did it did it take a while to take off and was there a moment when you thought oh this is actually going somewhere here yeah yeah so after when when we sort of got to about 100 episodes and it was happy hardcore classics it used to be called when i first started it um we was we was just sort of anthem bashing stuff and i wanted to play more breakbeat stuff or more of the harder gabber stuff and with a podcast being called happy hardcore classics it sort of limited to what you could play so i changed the name to hardcore Will Never die um after a couple of years after 100 episodes um i didn't really think too much about it about it growing at first um i enjoyed doing it i'd uh, done the podcast if no one listened because i like listening back to it and the discovery <laughs> of new records and, and all that do you know what i mean and then it just sort of took off um so in a way i mean actually as a dj being as you are a dj it's actually a really smart way of getting new tunes right <laughs> yeah 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 i suppose yeah i mean Tunes cost nothing now, do they? I mean, like, what was it? Well, I mean, that's, an, that's, an unfortunate, that's an unfortunate uh, position that these producers find themselves in, isn't yeah. it? It's impossible to monetize. But, but you know, the thing is, it's more, I'm talking not necessarily about the cost, but you, you must get sent a lot. You know, you oh, yeah. must be yeah, yeah, right yeah. on top of it. Yeah, yeah. You get, um, I think over the years, I've sort of built up, you build up relationships with producers and labels. Um, and there's a lot of free stuff on SoundCloud and there's there's a lot of people on SoundCloud where you can buy tracks off them um, and you've just got to sort of follow the right people. And over the years and years that I've had SoundCloud, I've just sort of built up a sort of community of people that I go to for that kind of music or you see their new tunes come up and you can look at them. Mm. Um, Must be a bit of an admin nightmare though. I mean, I'm even finding just Tune Tuesdays is a bit of an admin nightmare and I'm only doing one tune a week. 
Yeah, that's that's kind of why I'm sort of doing an hour of the new stuff each week because it can. It, there's so much shit out there, isn't they? Um, especially with the, with the new stuff. Hey, n- not on Tune Tuesdays, mate. Not no, on no, not on Tune Tuesdays. <laughs> but, but the, the new UK Happy Hardcore sound. Every man and the dog's making it, and they all right. follow the same sort of formula. Same you, sample. Packs. You will have to forgive me here, Cole. I don't know what that sounds like. What is this new UK upfront sound uh, that they're playing? What's what's it? What is it like these days? I, the, the last time I listened to upfront hardcore was in about two thousand and four. So, new UK hardcore. Well, I suppose it's been called UK hardcore for quite a while. It, for me, hardcore since, was since happy hard. Yeah, it, it was happy hardcore. Then in the two thousands, it was sort of rebranded as new school hardcore, wasn't it? And then it's now called UK hardcore. And you get Japanese producers making UK hardcore, which is, is weird. It's all just it's all just hardcore. But as long so as it's got it, sort what, of what's the sound, Dan? Uh, the sound that I like, because there is a lot of shit out there, right? Is it's got a sort of breakbeats behind it and a bit of a nostalgic nod to the past, um, okay. and, and the riffs and the synths of. There's a lot of new UK hardcore stuff out there, which is two minutes long, two minutes thirty long. Do you know what I mean? They're just they're just they're just um, churning it out. A lot, a lot of the music, but at least the younger generation are making it, and it's going to push the scene forward, isn't it? I suppose um, you'd hope least, so. I mean, that, making it. We we talk a lot about about this, um, and this is partly why we started Tune Tuesdays because we wanted to sort of reflect that there is. It feels like I know you say hardcore will never die, but it really did feel like it did die for a while, and actually there is a, a resurgence in some of the you know particularly as well in the breakbeat that sort of 91 yeah, to yeah. 95 yeah, now, 90, said, yeah, it, 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 it's, doing some really great stuff it, it, for you are you fe- are you feeling that is there a, is are you are you getting that impression as someone who gets new music every week and plays it out on your podcast that, that there is something different and special brewing again i mean it never went away it just went back underground didn't it which is it's always been there for the people who are into it it just um has always been there it's just sort of been in the underground um, the new breakbeat sound, which I say new, it's, it's I've, got, I've got trust me, about five, six years old now, but even be- before that, um, a lot of stuff on Night Force, they've continued through mm-hmm. and they're making breakbeat hardcore with a bit, maybe a bit of a kick behind it. Um, I love the new rape break stuff. I, I do some rape breaks dedicated only mixes on the podcast and to get so much attention and people are always oh track hardies track hardies and with the rave break stuff i'm just so lazy i never <laughs> put them up um but what, well, what the re- the re- the re- well the reason i ask is that you know we sort of see people like right for instance chris al lunacy moved yeah, yeah. back from america big facebook post about how he feels like the scene is you know it's busyness ever it's going to blow up and he wants to be back here as part of it maybe putting on a rave um you know putting out young people who were never around in the 90s people like tim reaper uh coco bryce over in holland um pete cannon you know they're the yeah, obvious thing. But, but there's but there are others and more and, yeah. but they're the sort of figureheads i suppose in this new thing but but there are more of those they're young and they're making real quality stuff. That's what I mean. It, yeah. it feels like there's more good stuff being made of that old yeah, sound. Yeah, def- def- definitely, definitely. I think a lot of the people that are making it are sort of maybe our age or, or a bit, bit older were making that early breakbeat sound. Um, but yeah. I hope that continues. There's the, the events that were sort of happening were, were more down south in the UK, weren't they, with Calling the Hardcore and the, yeah. I saw one today on in Oxford. And, 
Ox Breaks, I think it was. Is that, is that the one? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Pete yeah. Cannon's on at that one. Into, I, I want, I want to go to them when things open up again. I'll sort of make the journey and go down to them. There's not really much because I'm in sort of the north of England, sort of Midlands yeah. North. Not really seen much of that up here. Well, I've always, but, I've, wanted music. To, I've wanted to go to that Ox Breaks one. So uh, maybe we can, yeah. uh, we, we can meet up and hold hands or something. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> we'll get our hands in here together. Um, yeah. And uh, you make music, is that right? Yeah, yeah, I make sort of um, Nantes inspired happy hardcore. Um, sort of 909 kick, lots of great beats over it. Um, keep it silly, sample everything. Some some stuff's original, gets released. Um, there's a lot of stuff on maybe my SoundCloud that um, don't get released because it's just full of samples. But it's just, just good fun to make happy hardcore. Um, you know, you can't go wrong. So, yeah, produce, produce quite a bit. Not as much as I'd like to. It is time-consuming, as everyone yeah, knows. Where, where can people find your stuff? Uh, it's on Spotify. Um, and the, the new stuff's on Spotify, the the original stuff that you can have released. And if you go to my SoundCloud, there's, there's probably some bootlegs and things on there that I've made. Um, there's some fun tracks sampling like Ghostbusters and Cheech and Chong and, you know, <laughs> I always used to joke, <laughs> sample everything. I always used to joke to my mate that um, when you were in a rave and you were really high, that everything just sounded a bit like Ghostbusters. And uh, particularly yeah. when I would go to like a, a tech house night or whatever. And, but actually yours is Ghostbusters. So I'd be like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. it actually is Ghostbusters. Um, and so why should people come and listen to the Hardcore Will Never Die podcast? Um, like, like what we do. Because Happy Hardcore solves everything. <laughs> Very good. Um, if you just want to listen to people anthem bash just listen to the first 100 episodes of man or listen to someone else or listen to someone on Facebook but on Hardcore Whenever Die it's more a weekly journey um, with rarities and b-sides and new music so just you know check us out okay. it's about a pressure it's about a roar 